I recently took a fam trip and drove from Dallas up to northeastern New Mexico to the Vermejo Ranch, which is a property Ted Turner owns, 585,000 acres. It's about the size of Rhode Island. This is a beautiful property, and I really loved it very much. It's about 40 minutes outside of Raton, New Mexico, up into the mountains. What I want to make sure that you know is what it's not. People hear the word Ted Turner's Resort or Ted Turner's Property and might think uber luxury. But what it's not, it's not Four Seasons or St. Regis or any kind of Montage or Amman or any kind of a brand you've ever known. What it is, is it's beautiful. It's out of the way. It was full of surprises. It was very casual all the way around. And I thought it was a complete treat. This is conservation at its core in our country. Ted Turner is the second largest landowner in our country. And he's taken his ranches and properties and turned them into resorts to support his conservation efforts, which I think is just brilliant. And there's not very many places like this in our country in the United States. So I feel like this is great for singles, couples, families, multi-generational families. I interviewed Jade McBride. He's the general manager of this um, Vermejo Ranch. We sat together on the porch, so you might hear some people in the background here or there. But I just really wanted to give him a chance to shoot his perspective. He was the former general manager of the ranch at Rock Creek up in Montana, southwestern Montana. And he also ran and started all the activities. He was the director of activities of the Amangiri in Utah. So it's a really very special property and the general manager jade mcbride and i have a great interview here for you to listen to so i hope that this is meaningful and helps you maybe travel domestically if you can't travel internationally right now due to our pandemic so we're sitting here on the veranda in the main lodge of the vermejo property in new mexico with our friend jade mcbride he's the managing director of the property We've been out here for a few days enjoying ourselves on the Ted Turner Reserve. And so today I thought we'd have a nice conversation with Jade. So Jade, give us a little bit of background about you. So I kind of cut my teeth in the hospitality industry at the Amangari Resort in Southern Utah. I got to start there about six months before they opened in uh, 2009. And uh, that was a really fabulous experience to get to kind of watch that hotel sort of come out of the sand and, mm. you know, see the, the doors and the windows come into the building. And then all of a sudden it sort of really came to life as we watched guests start to come there. And as you well know, Amangari is super successful today. It's like mm. almost impossible to get in, but that was a really fun sort of great experience for me to step into the hospitality world at a property of that caliber. And Adrian Zeka, the founder of Amon Resorts, came there a couple of times and I immediately became a fan of his. Like just an incredible person with just such a passionate vision about just really taking care of people and mm -hmm. making magical, like special experiences happen. And so uh, he still is a bit of a mentor for me today. Good. I still tend to kind of like when I find myself with a tough sort of guest decision to make, I go back to like, what would Adrian do? <laughs> and uh, so that that was uh, my first big hotel experience. And then I moved from that property to the ranch at Rock Creek in Montana. My uh, home. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Beautiful Montana. And, uh, you know, nothing else is quite like Montana. And I grew up in Idaho. 
So Montana was always right there around the corner, but we were really like amazed and I don't think anybody can not love Montana. Right. But the Rancher Rock Creek was a really interesting point in my career because what was happening at the time is here was this fabulous property that Jim Manley, the owner, had invested a lot of money. Just all he wanted to do was build the best guest ranch in the world. Mm -hmm. And they had kind of struggled building a brand and struggled with service. And it was like all of the pieces of the puzzle were, were on the table and somebody just needed to help him put it together. Right. And so in the course of the three short years that I was there, Jim had hired a new sales manager and a new marketing manager. And I got to go there as the GM and uh, we had a really cool turnaround. We were able to see profit for the first time. And then we brought in Forbes Travel Guide. We became the world's only five star uh, guest ranch. And I so remember that. Yeah, it was uh, so nice accolade to be proud of. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that I'm just uh, so thankful that I got to be on that team mm -hmm. to watch that property. Just those pieces of the puzzle just start to come together. Well, how lucky for, for Mayho to have you come here now. Well, it, I always feel like it's a little bit the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel like uh, that I'm the lucky hospitality guy. And people say that quite often. They're like, wow, you're so lucky to have this job. And I'm like, yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> because, I mean, I know that there's fabulous, wonderful, like leaders in the industry, people that could do, you know, amazing things. And I just, I don't know, I was at the right place at the right time. And I got the chance uh, to move from the Rancho Rock Creek here to uh, take on this new Ted Turner Reserves project and get to live at a place like Vermejo. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of the path that led me here. And my wife and I are here full time working on Ted Turner Reserves. That's great. So let's maybe talk a little bit about the property and, and what it all has to offer. Like who comes here and, and what do you do here? So Vermejo is Ted's largest ranch. So 558,000 acres. It's pretty hard to grasp like what that it feels like almost all of Connecticut. It is. It's almost the size of Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yeah. It's a big place. And like, there's these things that happen here where you're like, really? Like a good example is that our driveway is almost 40 miles long. <laughs> like you're literally on our driveway for 40 miles coming into the property. You know, um, the other night when we were driving up from Raton, I loved that there was a beautiful young mother, a sow, brown bear with her cub crossing the road. The minute we unlocked the gate, mm. came across. It's not that uncommon either because people say this all the time that Ted's properties are they're uniquely in balance with their ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes really obvious the difference between a Ted Turner property and our neighbors. Mm -hmm. You cross the boundary into one of these properties and it's like you can feel it. You, mm -hmm. you know that you've arrived. It's different than the neighbor on the other side of the fence where a Ted property, the grass is high and the forests are healthy and the wildlife is abundant and but this is relatively new, the concept into our side of the leisure travel business, right? So it is very new, actually. Ted's work on restoring these massive ecosystems, that's been in the works for 
you know, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Ted's effort to save the American bison is, you know, yeah. 40 years ago right. or even longer. I mean, if you talk to Ted today, he'd tell you that this has always been his plan. Mm-hmm. His plan was always, what can I do to help, you know, make the world a better place? So when you get here to the ranch, like if you're wanting just a nice vacation and you want to come to the ranch, what is it that the ranch offers? Or the reserve, I should say. It's yeah. Ranch. Yeah. So what we've tried to do is we've tried to create sort of a high-end luxury experience, but we wanted to make sure that it, we were true to who Ted Turner is. Mm. And I love Ted's autobiography. And the title of that book is called Call Me Ted. Mm-hmm. And so I often, as we got here and we tried to imagine, you know, what is the guest experience like? Um, one of the things that I did was I tried to imagine what would it be like if I was going to Ted's home and visiting Ted at his house. And I quickly realized that, well, I will be staying in a really nice room. I'm going to be sleeping on a great mattress with really nice sheets. I'm going to be eating a wonderful meal. It's going to be, you know, great quality, good dishes. But at no point in my stay with Ted is he ever going to let me call him Mr. Turner. <laughs> He's always going to make sure that it's a little more intimate, that it's a little more personal. Yeah, you just feel at home. You feel at home. So I felt like as we went into this process of trying to create the experience here, that I needed to duplicate that. I needed to make sure that people... You can really feel that here, too, because I can tell you, like, if I was at a luxury resort, say, a Four Seasons, you know, they would always call me Mr. Ian Tosca. They would never say, hi, Ralph. Right. That's exactly it. And it um, would never, and they never get too close. And then I, and I felt like I wanted, in fact, here's something that we do in training, which will be kind of interesting and very different than a four seasons. Every like new hire orientation class, we talk about like, how do we know that we've really succeeded with a guest? Mm-hmm. And I tell everybody, you know, you've succeeded with a guest. If there's hugs on the driveway, when the guest <laughs> departs, yeah. If you're like hugging a front desk member or your fly fishing guide on your way out of town, Mm -hmm. you know that we've connected. You know that there's like something really human special about that I've really felt that casual connection here. Mm -hmm. I felt so at home and relaxed and being from Montana and coming up here, like I live in the big city of Dallas and, you know, it's crazy hustle bustle. And we just hopped in the car and just came on up. And the minute I got here, I shut off. And being surrounded in this valley and where we sit, it's just so absolutely stunning and beautiful. And some of the luxuries that don't sound like luxuries to others to me are just incredible. Leaving the window open at night with the 55 degree weather and having fresh mountain air and seeing the snow up in the top of the ridge and being able to go for hikes and, you know, having elk on the lawn. And I just love this. It's definitely a special place. And I think what I felt like my job was, was to take this like work that Ted has done on the land Mm -hmm. and trying to balance the ecosystem on the land and trying to figure out how can I do that with the human connection as people Mm -hmm. come here? How can I balance the ecosystem in you and me? So we're here. If you're a family though, coming up here, like let's say we have kids, I've seen a lot of families since we've been here. What would be the highlights of a family coming up here? I mean, we, we wanted to make sure that we had all the cool activities. So what would those be? So guests are going to be able to go hiking. They're going to go biking. They're going to, we got guests out geocaching right now. They're playing Frisbee golf. They're riding horses. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, fishing. But we also took kind of all of these 
typical activities and we wanted to make sure that the staff that are connected with them have sort of an intimate love for their individual things. So for example, if you're taking your family down to go horseback riding, you can simply walk down there, get on a horse and go for a ride. Right. You don't have to sign up and have it be like a true, typical True. True. But if your family is really connected to horses mm-hmm. and you you know you have a, a child that loves that, then our Wranglers are prepared to give you a little deeper experience. So you have a chance to now go down there and sort of saddle the horse, you know, brush the horse. Make friends. Make friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And have a Wrangler kind of teach you about what's important in a horse's diet. Well, because some of the kids coming from the city might not have ever had that experience. Yeah. So it's almost like you can go from like just a little bit of educational opportunity all the way to the ride itself. Mm-hmm. And as much or as little time around the actual ride, because, you know, a Wrangler spends his whole day or her whole day down there preparing for that event. And so when guests have an opportunity to kind of touch that, it does all those things that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It helps you connect with the Wrangler. Now you've connected with the horse. You've learned something about it. And it's not on an iPhone. Right. Uh, And (laughs) that's really something. In fact, here's the funnest thing that I see happen with families. And this is super consistent here. So a family will pull into the driveway, right? And they've been on the road for a little while. And so all of a sudden the kids pour out of the car and they're running around on the lawn. And you always see this thing where the parents are like, hey, hey, get over here. Come here, come here, come here, come here. You know, like just stay, stay right, right here by right. my side, right? We're checking in, right. we'll get to our room. Like you're, you're hearing this thing happen with parents. And then fast forward like two days into their trip and I'll see the parents and I'll be like, how's everything going? And they'll be like, great. And I'm like, how are the kids liking it? And the parents will be like, I don't know. I don't know where they're at. I haven't <laughs> seen them for hours. They'll show up when they get hungry. They're just playing. They're just playing. Yeah, I love it. There's no like screen time anymore. They're mm. running around on lawns. They're playing in the dirt. I love my room with no television, by the way. <laughs> That's strategic. But I'll tell you a, kind of the, an insider secret, sure. right? We made sure that we have TVs on property right. and we can add them to a room if we need to. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all nice little fancy smart TVs. So sure. if, if a client wants that TV in their room, we can do it. But I didn't want to design it that way. No, I mean, the luxury of not having the TV and just listening to the birds and just like, yeah, yeah it's very nice. Ted's goal for us was to connect people with nature. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted us to do. Right. And, so, and if a TV's there, you're not going to connect. Right. I'm doing everything I can to just kind of just lead guests out to nature. So, okay, coming up here, like, it's pretty easy to get down. It's a short drive from Colorado Springs or Denver or, you know, like we drove up from Dallas or you could charter and land at Raton. There's yes. a strip in Raton yes. Airport to land. So it's pretty easy to get here. So how many nights would you say would be an average stay? Well, I'm... I'm watching that quickly grow in this mm-hmm. this last year. I'm going to tell people that the five to seven night itinerary is pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I know that family vacation time or vacation time for any of us in America is it, it's treasured moments. Every yeah, single day of this is treasured. And so if you tell a family, hey, you should go there for seven days, it's often a stretch. The land is so vast here. It takes a couple of days to kind of let go of the rest of the world and let the like place touch you. I really think that like if I could, if I had a chance to invite my family here, mm-hmm. I'm telling them come for a week. That's great. 
Um, what about the lodge up in the high country we went to yesterday? Oh, I really was impressed by I, that. It could be my favorite spot on the whole entire property. Yeah, let's so, talk about that. Yeah, so Ted, there was an old historic Costilla Lodge that was having some foundation problems. And so right after Ted bought the ranch, they began the construction on a new Costilla Lodge. So it's a really cool LEED certified building. That means that the logs came from the property and the rock came from the property. They, you know, use it's 100% solar, but it's this cool sort of mountain lodge has eight guest rooms in it. We put our own staff up there. So you really got this opportunity to kind of just do all of the same activities. But we can have the whole lodge for ourselves. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So you if I wanted to have lodge. two families, you know, I mean, with eight bedrooms, we have a lot of options. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You could easily send just one group up there or you could, you know, have two families that are traveling together. It's a special place. Mm. It's a little over 10,000 feet in elevation. So that's kind of an important note that you're up in the high country. Mm-hmm. In fact, and it's 45 minutes from the main headquarters. So you feel so remote up there. Mm-hmm. I love just that. like, you know, you have your own, you, you have your own mountain range. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit also about all the lakes and the fishing around here and what the fishing has done. I I really like the story about the cutthroat. It, so William Bartlett started uh, this property in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And so they developed some lake systems and uh, they stocked some fish in the waters. And we still have some of those lakes today. Phenomenal, like rainbow trout are coming out of here. Guests can catch them and have, sure. you know, dinner with them. But one of the things that they didn't really know at the time was by adding like rainbow and brown trout to the waters, those trout were more aggressive than the native fish that were in the waters. And so the native Rio Grande cutthroat trout slowly over the past hundred years has really struggled to survive. When Ted bought Vermejo, that fish was one of those things that was like, hey, I'm on the verge of extinction. I'm about to go away. Well, Ted's passionate about saving wildlife in all of its forms. Mm-hmm. In fact, Ted's bumper sticker on his vehicle, which you've probably seen some of them around here, it says, save everything. Yeah. I was making fun of that, saying that <laughs> I should be the advertiser on the Hoarders show on TV. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Ted buys the ranch. He's like, how can we save this fish? And so what happened is they found a small school of fish in the Leandro Creek that were genetically pure Rio Grande cutthroat trout. So they began to kind of raise those fish in captivity, all with an effort of saving this Mm -hmm. particular fish. And over the past 18 years, we've slowly restored the riverbanks and native fish to almost 137 miles of rivers and streams on Vermejo. So if you went back like 20 years ago, it was illegal to catch a Rio Grande cutthroat trout because it was so endangered. Just a few years ago, the state said, okay, the population is so healthy at Vermejo that now people can catch and release those fish. Well, just last summer, the state's like, this is incredible, this work that Vermejo has done. That population has is been restored to the point where now guests can catch and keep up yeah, to I'm two. Yeah, I'm so excited. Rainbow. I'm going today to do that. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're, you're headed out to catch a native Rio Grande cutthroat trout. I love it. Talk about like a, a conservation wind story. Sometimes people are like, what's new on Vermejo? What's like, you know, a new thing that's happening? And 
often I'm like, you know, what's really new is that Ted Turner's just entered the 19th year of uh-huh. saving the Rio Grande cutthroat trout. Right. Like, I don't know many people on the planet that care so much about a cause that they're willing to spend millions of dollars over 18 or 19 years of time Mm -hmm. to save that fish. So the clients that we work for and the clients that we serve really like to be invested in conservation and they don't really need more things. They just prefer to invest in experiences. And I think now that we're kind of getting in the middle of the COVID crisis and all the travels that we've been postponed and people have been on hold, people are really starting to think about their priorities and what they want and and traveling and doing new unique things. And so maybe you could kind of uh, share with the listeners a little bit more about Ted's vision out here and and all the special projects that you guys are working on, maybe with the grasslands and the buffalo and, and things like that. So here's this guy, Ted Turner, right? And he's invested, you know, most of his wealth in the conservation space. And here he is, the second largest landowner in America. It wasn't even just a few years ago where Ted started to sit down and said, how do I make sure that all of this work that I've done is protected beyond me Mm -hmm. um, after I pass away? So Ted's idea was that if he could figure out how to create sort of a sustainable financial model that then the properties would never be broken up or or sold away. But kind of in true Ted Turner fashion, it's not enough just to protect what we have already done. He wants to continue to do this. So he wanted to create sort of this conservation engine. And so Ted employs an, a small army of these really smart scientists and foresters and biologists that all work on trying to figure out how do we make these ecosystems healthy. Really important today because how many people are really doing that? It's critical to, you know, saving our planet. Right. And and actually, I mean, it's critical to saving you and me. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So his idea was let's create like guest operations on my properties. And so he said, I'm going to create this hospitality brand We'll ground them in conservation. We're going to give them a mission to connect people with nature. And then their sole purpose of their existence is to generate revenue so that we can continue to do the conservation work that we're doing. And so that's where he said, Jade, help me do this, which has given me this opportunity to try to create this guest experience here where like our staff aren't going to be out there on that riverbank trying to like give you a conservation education, but there's no chance that you're going to stand on that riverbank catching a native Rio Grande cutthroat trout and not feel connected to this special story. And you're going to ask them those questions like, wow, how did this happen? You will leave that experience feeling a little touched. You know, you're going to be a little more connected to the earth. And I just watch this happen with people all the time where they're here and they feel a little more inspired. And that's really a gift for me is to watch that happen. Well, I mean, as hard as everybody's worked, you know, to have and create the wealth that they've created, how they spend their time and what they spend their money on is really important. And if you could come to a place like this where, you know, your investment actually pays it forward for your children's children. That's really very special. And there's not a lot of places in our country that are really focusing on this today. You know, it's somebody said this to me just a few months ago. He said, well, 
I could just donate $10,000 to the Safari Club, or I can take my family here for a oh, great vacation. And yeah, you know, participating is everything. Yeah. I mean, being able to get out and touch it really matters. Well, and it, we have some really special, long-term, really loyal guests that have been coming for generations. They feel like their stay here is the reason that Vermejo gets to still be it, mm -hmm. what it is today. And it's absolutely true. Yeah. There's no question that people come here, they spend their money on this really fun, special vacation. They leave a little more inspired. They want to be, you know, a little bit like better members of their community, but they also leave knowing that the money that they're spending is making going to this. Yeah, yeah. It's making a difference. What Ted's doing is making a difference today. And our goal is to make sure that it makes a difference way beyond all of us. Well, I love it. <clears throat> I really appreciate the time that you put into this today with me. And I'm glad that we could share this with all of our listeners. I'm excited to get out and catch my trout this morning and nice. get out on the ranch and go yeah. horseback riding this afternoon. And I can't believe this is my last full day up here, but I can't wait to come back. Well, thanks for coming. It's awesome to get to connect with you again. And um, All right, Jade. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And um, if people want to learn more, we can just send them to the website. Absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you. Yep.